pregnant Dennis is shaving his chest in the reflection of your daddy's forehead. Welcome to the Blind Boy Podcast. Listen to this. You hear that? That's my heart. I am here for you. Your goals. It's March 2020, which means that if you're listening to this, you're most likely in self-isolation due to the coronavirus. The cheeky chest wrestler. The lung jester. Um, so yeah, you're going to be stuck inside for a while. So am I. Luckily for you, I'm not going fucking anywhere. I am here with these podcasts every fucking week. More, if that's what we need. To check in with you. To provide you with a few laughs, some hot takes. And to talk about life and meaning and mental health and all the other things that I usually do with this podcast. So, there you go. I wasn't going to mention the... But, like, I kind of have to mention it. I kind of have to mention the fucking coronavirus. You kind of have to, alright? I asked everybody on Twitter this week, I said, Would you like me to do a podcast which deals with mental health or anxiety and coping around the coronavirus or would you like me to do something that's complete escapism and nothing to do with it and the answer was 50-50 so what I'm going to do is this week's podcast is going to be complete escapism nothing to do with it and then I might do another one well it depends look shoot me a, a, a DM on Twitter at Rubber Bandits, Instagram at Rubber Bandits Official, or on Patreon forward slash The Blind Boy Podcast. Shoot me a DM and tell me if you'd like me to do a podcast about coping around which are all mental health and anxiety and stress or whatever you're going through around the coronavirus. If that's what you want, give me a fucking shout and I'll do one. And that way it keeps it separate. So if you don't, if you're sick of fucking hearing about it in the news, you don't have to listen to it. You can listen to the other podcasts. Let me tell you briefly about my past week. So I was on my UK tour. And right in the middle of my UK tour, the news starts to explode with the coronavirus crisis, right? Or pandemic and in Ireland and England. And I'm on tour going, fuck, should I be on tour? I'd like to cancel these gigs. But what happens is, second day of tour, Ireland announces public gatherings banned. So I say to myself, me and the people on my tour, we say to ourselves, fucking brilliant. Ireland's after cancelling public gatherings. This tour, the UK government are going to follow and do the exact same and this tour is off. So we wait for the UK government to make a call. They fucking don't. So what happens is then is I'm faced now with doing my live podcast in London. Which was sold out. A lot of people. And the UK government haven't banned fucking public gatherings. So I said fuck the English government. I'm making a personal choice to cancel this gig myself. And I did, and I'm fucking glad I did it. 
so the London gig didn't go ahead if you were supposed to come to it you know the crack you would have seen my post on Facebook and Instagram but however here's the here's the part I want to mention to you when when the artist cancels a gig right when you buy a gig ticket the price that you pay for that ticket all that money doesn't go to the artist a huge portion of the ticket price is renting out the venue paying all the staff who work in the venue right that's a lot of staff um equipment loads of overheads that's a huge portion of the ticket price when an artist cancels a gig then the artist has to pay uh, those expenses because Boris Johnson didn't fucking ban public events and I made a technically made a personal call to cancel the fucking gig it means that the postponement of the gig is not covered by insurance it's like I literally got into a car with no insurance and crashed into the back of someone because absolute Tory pricks made a decision that benefits multinational insurance corporations rather than protecting the safety of the public and protecting small independent artists alright postponing that gig should not have been my call It's that's a call that a government makes and look fair play to fucking Ireland for making that call and taking the decisions out of the hands of artists who had gigs on that's the right thing to do so I'm left footing a bill and that bill is an ast- astronomical amount of money it is an insane amount of money so I've inherited that debt since last week also it's fair to assume that my any live podcast that I have scheduled in the next few months is probably postponed that's a fair assumption to make so basically what I'm asking is that if, if you bought a ticket to that London gig that was postponed last week that I postponed or if you bought a ticket to any upcoming live podcast that I have If you don't mind, just hold on to the ticket. Don't ask for a refund. Unless you have to. Unless it's like you definitely can't get to London. You know that's the case. But if you think, just hold on to the ticket. Because it's going to be valid for when I reschedule the gig. Right? And it also softens the blow financially for me. If everyone asks for a refund, that's insane. That That's just, I don't even want to think about that, alright? So if you can, hold on to your ticket. So that's the crack. Look, I've been footed with a a very large debt and have no live income for the foreseeable future, right? Which is not ideal, to be honest. I'll deal with it, but it's not ideal. So, I don't know. Look, if if you're... Now's the time, I suppose. If you listen to this podcast regularly, if you've taken anything from it if you can afford to go to the Patreon page patreon.com forward slash the blind by Paul patreon.com the f- what the fuck patreon.com forward slash the blind by podcast I'd love you to become a patron of the podcast now and over the next few months you'd really be supporting me at this time more than any other right because it's now my sole source of fucking income so look I'm unashamedly hat in hand this week the podcast is a lot of work if you can afford to pay me for it please do 
All right, that's all. That what more can I say on the matter? Um, but it is not. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all bad news. There is a silver lining to the extended amount of time that I'm now going to be spent indoors and throughout this period where I'm going to be locked into my gaff and you're locked into your gaff you're going to be listening to the podcast more and I might be producing more content because I'll have way more time in my hands not only am I looking at possibly putting out more podcasts if that's what you want but I think I'm going to get into streaming I think I'm going to get into live streaming too I ordered some equipment I'm waiting for it to arrive I hope it does arrive for me to do live streaming probably on Twitch which is I don't know what I'm going to be doing I might be playing video games I could be making music producing music I could read stories anything and live streaming is basically it's like this podcast but it's completely live and there's a camera so it'll be me in my studio and I'm just waiting for the equipment so I'm looking at you might as well fucking take an opportunity if I don't have any gigs for the next few months then fuck it I'm stuck in my studio I'm going to get creative I'm going to have some fun um, so fingers crossed my streaming equipment arrives and we've got this podcast maybe more than one I don't want to tie myself down to that now if you want more than one a week and the demand is there I'll do it and also live stream and hopefully fingers crossed if everything arrives so I'll be up in the content and yeah if you can afford it once a month pint or a coffee into the patreon dot com forward slash the blind by podcast re that it would just fuck it would buttress me I'd be like a Romanesque cathedral being buttressed were Romanesque cathedrals the ones with the Romanesque cathedrals had buttresses which was uh it's like the cathedral is there but on the outside are these pillars that slant against it and held it up and then gothic cathedrals came afterwards and they had no buttresses they had a more a modern type of uh fuck am I talking about cathedrals for so anyway speaking of streaming the subject of this week's podcast which is not going to be about the coronavirus there's a guest ad on this podcast a, a guest that you have asked for more than any other fucking guest for about two years and that person is Limmy Limmy is a Scottish comedian from Glasgow more than a comedian comedian, writer fucking he does music and his latest thing now is streaming he's a live streamer on Twitch and I sat down with Limmy for a chat and that's what I'm going to play you and me and Limmy were chatting about streaming and he was telling me what equipment to get, how I get into it, stuff like that. So Limmy has kind of given me the kick up the arse to get into streaming too. So what what can I say to you before I play this interview? There are themes of suicide and mental health just as a content warning. But it's we speak about these things in a very open, honest dialogue with a huge amount of humour and honesty. So just to let you know it's coming up, but it's it's spoken about in, in, with humorous therapy, if you get me. So without further ado, 
incredibly entertaining, funny and enjoyable chat that I had with uh, the comedian, Limmy, the fucking legend, the gentleman. Here we go. And and if you're not familiar with Limmy, I would suggest look up uh, the Limmy show on YouTube. Look up some of Limmy's vines. Look up some of Limmy's sketches first, maybe. If you're not familiar with him, uh, get a chuckle off him and then you'll be able to appreciate this interview more. Before we came out, you said that the last time you were on this stage, you were booed off. That's right. I was, um, I don't know, just fix this, mate. I was... The no, fucking, they give us cunty mics, man. They give us clown it's, mics. It's all right. If, uh, I just don't want to break the things. It can't be fucked holding it. They go, my one went, they go flaccid without any warning. It's all right. I think that, that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. That's all right. Uh, I, the last time I was here, I was, um, it, it was just before I did stand up for the first time. Um, which is in 2000, March 2007, and I'd, I'd agreed to do this stand-up show, my, my very first show. Um, and a couple of weeks before that, I decided to do like wee spots here and there, as and do a wee bit of this and do a wee bit of that. And um, I had a podcast at the time called Limmy's World of Glasgow. Uh, don't look it up; it's, it's quite problematic by today's standards. <laughs> um, um, but in, in Jet, the band, the Australian rock band Jet, they liked it. They, they, I think they had a Scottish tour manager. So um, they heard that and they wanted me to introduce them on stage here on like a couple of weeks before my, my very first show. I thought, right, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And um, like the day, the day that I came today, I was fucking shiting myself, thinking, why did I agree to fucking do this? You know, I, I felt sick. I, I pulled the covers out of my head. And, and the thing is, as well, did people know you visually, or did you just know your voice from this podcast? They, they, they might have known us for the podcast, or they, they might have seen my, my web stuff, like my wee videos, like Requiem and Yes or No or something like that. But Requiem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so I thought, right, I, I agreed to fucking introduce someone on stage here, and I came up with this idea, you know, their, their song, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Yeah. And I thought, right, I know that one, I'll, I'll come on, and I told them what I was going to do before it, I said, I'm going to come on, and I'm going to say to everybody, um, hello everybody, uh, I've got good news and bad news, um, the bad news is, Jet can't make it, they're stuck on the motorway. The good news is, you've got me instead, and everybody went like, boo! Because they weren't like that. Oh, that's all right. It, it's Lemmy, the Lemmy show that was before or that. <laughs> and I was just this guy with this fucking white shirt. Sort of that asshole that didn't fit in with the whole rock king. And I started going like, right, here we go. And I went... Da, 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 and I kind of did an acapella version of that song. And they're all fucking booing. And I wanted that, though. I wanted that. I thought, I want to get this experience. The hatred. But I'm, is, I'm wanting to be hated. That kind of... And then, so I kind of got booed off, and I said, anyway, ladies and gents, Jet! And then they came on, and that was it, and it was, it was fucking magic, but the downside was, the downside was, um, you know how, like, before I came on here, uh, there, there's no, like, a big gap at the side where I yeah. can sit in a wee seat, so either I go outside the door, or I just kind of stone air there, and there was nowhere for me to fucking go. You know, like, I went, right, I introduced them, right, and I, and I just stood there. <laughs> at the back fucking corner for how long's a fucking concert for 90 minutes <laughs> and 90 minutes I, I just stood there with my kind of like horns by my side just and, and kind of had to sort of lean out a wee bit so my back was sort of sore as well I didn't want to like just hide 90 fucking minutes just like fuck me man 
Um, but it was, it was good doing it, because once I actually did my show, which was um, in, front, in front of like 130 people, having been booed by whatever, you know, 1,500 people, whatever, it was a nice baptism of fucking fire. You must have been one of the first people doing fucking podcasts, were you? A fucking aye, podcast was the first, 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2006, man, doing a podcast. I 2000, and I th was it 2006? I, I saw it on the Wikipedia today. Aye, yeah. Aye, aye. <laughs> Do, aye, check, aye, uh, 2006, because I, I was travelling with my girlfriend, and I wanted when I when I came back to Glasgow in like late 2006, I wanted to get into comedy somehow. I didn't know what. I'd, I'd never done any stand up or anything like that, and I was going to make an animation. I thought that's how it sort of makes a t make a telly thing without needing the cameras and all that. I'll make an animation and flash R.I.P. And um, I thought, oh, I'll make an animation. You were a web designer? I was a web designer, okay. flash, flash developer. Um, you just won't remember what that is, a long, long time ago. Um, and I, I, I wanted an, an animation, but then I started, I heard, uh, I think, Ricky Gervais's podcast at the time. Oh, he Carol was doing Pilton that, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, let's say it is. And I was pissing myself. I was like, Let's say this, I, I can't fucking see them. They're just somewhere, make um, a few makes and editing it. Piss easy, piss easy uh, in terms of production. And I thought, that's all fucking day. I'll do that. And then I started putting ideas together for the characters and everything. Um, and then, so that's what happened. When I came back, I made the podcast. Was it a daily podcast? Were you doing it every single fucking day? I, I, I went out every day, but I, I didn't make it like every day. Like for the, I, I went on for 12 weeks every day so it's like a new kind of sketch it could be like 10 minutes so long. it was just short yeah i like about 10 5 10 20 minutes like the dd gone to yoker thing that yeah ended up, that thank you <laughs> <laughs> that they, end, they ended up making it on a lemmy show in the second series that that lasts like six minutes yeah in, in the sketch but in the in the podcast it's like 20 minutes yeah so if you if you're not familiar with dd doesn't just go to Yoker and then that's it. Didi goes to Yoker on the bus, is ready to get off, shites it, and goes all the way back to the terminus, and then comes back for a second go at it. So it's like an extended director's fucking cut. Um, I so I, I did that. Like, I kind of stocked up to begin with, you know, like did about two weeks worth, and then did every, did one every day to sort of make sure I was catching up. What, what were you using to? Because I'm just trying to think back to fucking, like, 2006, I was putting stuff out on Bebo. Like, <laughs> I, it sounds like a joke, but it's not. It was my life. And, like, how the fuck did people listen to podcasts in 2006? How did people find out about podcasts? H how, in 2006, are you making something in your bedroom and then ensuring that people are actually going to listen to it, like... Well, I'd already had a website at that point. I had Lummy.com, and that's where I Was that getting shares? But I'm, was that being emailed to people in offices and shit? Is that how that was? I, like, like, all my stuff in Lummy.com is how I, sort of, how I started my comedy journey. And and when did you start Lummy.com? I think 2000, so 20 years ago. Fucking hell. Um, it's that, that was like... Aye, that was the golden age of Flash. Don't get me started talking about it. I could fucking go in. <laughs> I said 1999 was when I would, like, got right into being a Flash developer and then by 2000 I decided to make my own site and I put my own wee Flash play things on. A couple of years later I put my videos on it. And, and, then I put, and was, I was this as well, was this like a novelty in 2000 to visit a website and there's moving images? 
Well, kind of, there was like Flash would get like all these nice wee animations and all that, so that was kind of good. And then I did the videos, and then I had a blog, so people were coming to it. I had a forum as well, so people were already going onto my website. So when I had the, um, I did the podcast, I was telling all the people there, because this is before your social media, this is yeah. before all that, you know, you had to do it all yourself, you know, register the domain name and set up a server and DNS1 to this, DNS2 to that, you haven't got a fucking clue what you're doing. Um, uh, and then, so, I, people got into the podcast through that, but then eventually the podcast got in the iTunes, like, charts, and then once it gets in the charts, people can see it and go, what's yeah. this? And then it got on the, the front page thing. Yeah. And I was dead, I was, I was fucking buzzing, this big, nice, big fucking logo yeah. thing I made. And I was like, okay, that's a big time now, man. This is a big time. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I got asked to do stand-up, and then I agreed to do it. And I decided to, I better get some experience. Next thing you know, I'm up the back of a fucking jet concert, sit right here there. For 90 minutes. Did you start doing gigs then after back of this? I, um, I like, got, did you go to Ed, what, Edinburgh Festival? No, no, no. I had never. I, I've always been a shite bag with things like that. I've never done karaoke. I've never danced in public unless it's fucking Eckies. You know, I've never. <laughs> I've never. I've never been like, oh, I, I don't care how I look. I don't. You know, I'm like dead. You know, I'm not really into that. Um, but but the podcast, the podcast went well. So near the end of 2006, like a couple of months after then, it was like in the papers and things like that. This comedy promoter guy said, are you interested in doing a stand-up show? And I went, no, no, I don't, no, no thanks, I don't do that sort of stuff. And I told my girlfriend, Lynn, and she says, no, 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 no you're doing it, kind of thing. <laughs> so when I said, aye, all right, right, I'll do it. And then I had to then get experience, or, you know, asking people, can I come to that new material sort of night and do like a wee 10 minutes? And I was fucking shining myself the first time, but then it gets a wee bit better and a wee bit better until I finally wrote the whole show for like March, the comedy fe Glasgow Comedy Festival in like 2007. So it was about, th I had about three months or something after I agreed to do this show to actually Fuck. get myself fucking ready for it. So I wrote it and sort of got into the, you know, get, got myself prepared to be in front of people for the very first time. So, and it all went well, the show went well. Even before it was kind of scary, but coming here two weeks before the very first show was, was good. That, that Cut, fucking Getting booing. that many people fucking booing you. Aye, it was really yeah. fucking good. I, re I recommend it. Well, Edinburgh Festival in general, though, is... Because I, I, I... We did Edinburgh Festival for the first time in about 2011, and before that, we'd just done gigs back in Ireland. And our gigs in Ireland at the time, they were just like very loud, sweaty piss-ups. They weren't very, very much gigs, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we first went to Edinburgh then, all the Edinburgh cons thought that we were doing theatre. That right. our, our, our energy on stage was some type of theatrics. And it's like, no, we just know how to play to a drunk room. And you're all sitting down and you're from London. Do you I know mean, what I mean? But they thought it was like performance. It's like, yeah, no, it's just, this is all we know how to do. Right. But the, what I did find is, it's a, when you're dealing with a tough audience, when a gang of Germans walk in, Right. And all of a sudden, like for us, we're trying to do stuff about Limerick back, of, back in Ireland. Right. And you're, you're looking at 16 fucking Germans. And with yourself as well, like, I mean, you're very Glasgow specific. And like, I've trouble understanding your accent sometimes, you know what I mean? Really? A little bit sometimes, yeah. Um, 
I feel staring. I look like I don't know if I look like I was staring you. They're just like, what? <laughs> I thought me and you were the same. I thought me and you were the same. <laughs> I thought we were uh, brothers in accents. There's, there's elements of the the Glasgow accent where you're just like, where the fuck did that even come from? Like earlier on, you called your jacket your jacket. Aye. But that's all right. I mean, you, you can work that out. You can go jacket, jacket, you probably... What, what else sounds like jacket? J-Skit has got J-Skit's a kind of wee... A funny, a sort of wee funnier way of saying it. But, like, what, what is... Like, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say... You, you would say jacket if you're serious. Like, I need to get my jacket to go to the hospital. But you wouldn't say, I need to go to the hospital. Well, where's my J-Skit? <laughs> you wouldn't... <laughs> It's a kind of like funny, you're in a good mood sort of way of saying a Jacob. <laughs> um, we might as well talk about Glasgow. Like, Glasgow is it's one I, tr- I try and get my head around, right? One thing that I always find amazing about Glasgow is there's a thing called Glasgow Syndrome, where yeah. the city itself what is it? The, the, the life, life expectancy is down. Aye. Uh, all these things that you don't, aren't supposed to have in a Western city seem to happen to Glasgow, and no one knows why. Aye. And I'm always fascinated by it, because where I'm from in Limerick, Limerick just feels like a tiny Glasgow. I heard it's called, uh, is it not something like called Stab City or something like Stab or? City, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. We don't like it being called that, but... Right. You know, you have a similar problem here. You, 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 you sure, what if he, the Glasgow smile? Aye. Like, you don't want, when, when weapons and injuries are named after your city, mm. you know. Glasgow kiss, Glasgow smile, that kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, what's the deal with Glasgow? What, why? It's, I think it's called the Glasgow effect. It's, uh, I the Glasgow I, effect, that's I, it. There's a, there, I think the area that's a life expects to say, whether it was like 53 or 52 yeah. or something, it's kind of around the corner, I think Calton, I think the Calton mm-hmm. area, which I think is around there, I can't quite remember. I don't know if I'm getting fucking mixed up, but that's 52. It's, it's because, it's not like if you live there, you just sort of die at 52. <laughs> it's not like there's a, like the atmosphere, it's like, you know, the, the, the body can't kind of cope with that kind of, that sort of atmosphere, that blend of the air and things like that. It's today with the, the mix of, I think, poverty, diet, violence, addiction, and all these other things, meaning they're all fucking coming at you, and somebody's just went like, doot, 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 fucking 52, fuck it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it's worked out. I don't know if they've worked out most people die there, or they, is it, if it's a theory. I don't know if they're actually, like, 52, and that's it, but... Uh, I, it's, it's funny, when I went to Limerick on my, my tour, people were going like that, oh, watch yourself, oh, watch yourself, Limerick, it. stab city, and I was like, oh, fucking stab fucking city, <laughs> stab fucking city. I was, I was like, I'm fucking kind of wanting to get stabbed. Just to <laughs> I'm not fucking scared of that, man. I'm not scared of that. It's funny, I, I kind of wasn't scared of getting stabbed. There's, Limerick is fine, it's just... People need somewhere to say bad things about. Aye. We, we were the murder capital of Europe in 2008. Oh! Yeah. Um, so were we, I think, no, were we? He had it as well, and we took it off you. Aye, that's yeah. it. Because <laughs> I, I remember somebody said that, and, and I was like, no, wait a minute, no, we are the fucking murder capital. 
And then somebody said, no, 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 no. You used to be then Limerick, got it. I was like, oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's bad, right? But it's also sort of good to be good at something. It's, I think it's maybe because in Scotland we're fucking shite at this and shite at that and football, shite and everything, we lose at everything. So he actually succeeded at something yeah. like that. Uh, it's, um, where did you grow up in Glasgow? What was your childhood like? Oh. <laughs> I just sort of crossed my legs for this because I kind of long one. Well, um, I grew up in Canwadrick, which I think if that's the front door there, Canwadrick. Oh, hello. Um, Tamwater. Canwadrick, C-A-R-N-W-A-D-R-I-C, okay. Canwadrick. I don't know what it means. I think it means a bundle of rocks. I, I looked it up and it's like Gaelic for something like, I, I can't remember what it is, but if that's the door there, it's south, so you go out the door and you just keep going all the way down there. If I was, when I used to go up the town and get drunk and I used to stay in Canwadrick, I would just walk all the fucking way, like, like past here and it's like about five miles that way. It's still in Glasgow, because Glasgow's a really, really big city. Oh, <laughs> all the way. Um, childhood was all right. Yeah, I, I, it felt all right, but it's only when you kind of leave a certain place um, that isn't... That you, you, go, like you, you get used to things like somebody getting stabbed, or somebody ODing, or somebody getting a fucking head kicked in, somebody getting held in the ground, and somebody running up and kicking their head. Somebody getting fucking, some old woman getting fucking lighter fluid through a letterbox and setting fire. School getting burnt, like I'd have fucking pissed themselves in there. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you just think that's just what we do, fire, chucking fucking fireworks at each other's faces and things like that. All these sort of things. I never did that at the time. I never played with fireworks at the time, but I did that ironically when I was uh, like 20. <laughs> I like me, me and my pals, like you'd hear people going like, don't play with fireworks, don't chuck fireworks at each other, it's dangerous. Yeah. And I never did. But then I think when we were like about 18, we got some fireworks and we, we did it in a kind of ironic way. Like, we know this is out of order and we're chucking fucking bangers at each other, you know, could take a fucking eye out. Um, what was I saying? We were talking about your childhood and you oh, right, oh, went immediately to 20 right, playing, ironic, ironically playing with fireworks. Right, people nearly fucking die and people falling off buildings and people having all these accidents and you just think that's the way it is and then you leave and you go to some place where that doesn't fucking happen or you have a son in a, in a place where that doesn't happen and you think about fuck me man when he was my age yeah. this was happening that was happening he would have seen this he would have been fucking grogged on in school when this would have happened you get fucking hair pull fights every fucking day somebody getting spat on and all these horrible things and you go fuck me man that's fuck, that was fucking bad and you go like that here am I am I am I whopped in some way am I fucked up in the head and I don't even know it but no no I'm no no <laughs> I'm How does it feel, actually? Because you, you, your child is about ten, is he? Uh, nine. Nine. H how does it feel raising a child very differently to how you were raised? Uh, I, I'm just fucking constantly sort of shitting it. Just con I, I just think about all the things that happened and all the risks and all that, and I just try to prevent them from happening. Just try and prevent them when, from when he was wee, like get, staying away from fucking corners and... Um, Oh, I, I, you know, I was a, a dead paranoid, scared as fuck sort of parent. I still am, but um, like going with a pram 
like up Byers Road or somewhere, and like looking up those tenements, and just thinking, there's a the pram. All it takes, your imagination just fucking runs wild. Yeah. All it takes is for some student up there just sort of leaning out uh, like that, with, with, you know, a fag like that, you know, smoking away, and just to ping it out uh, onto the fucking road. That'll fall on his fucking face. You know, st stuff like that, you know, you're just imagination just goes like final destination. You're just like, if that happens, that rolls down there. It's, it's like that, it's like that arty kind of thing, that video where, you know, that a ball rolls down and it hits that and a wee egg boils and then that kind of rolls down that way and then, just like that, if that just does that, that, that does that, that does that, that'll land in his fucking face. So, <laughs> so just kind of scared all the time, but um, I am just trying to make sure Nothing bad happens to him and he doesn't end up, well, it, it's, it's gonna be, it's, I know it's gonna go fucking wrong. It doesn't matter what you do, it's gonna be fucking, fucking jagging up at some point. <laughs> There's nothing you can do, nothing you can do. You, you just try and set him up a wee bit or try and do the right thing so at least he can't blame you. So, Scott, I'm like, that's cause of you. Nope, nope, I gave you everything. That's why I'm fucked up, cause you gave me everything, like. Um, I just try to, just try to, uh, like, no, try to be all right, try to be an all right fucking da, so that when, I, when he grows up, he doesn't go like, I remember the time you shouted at me, I remember the time you took my PlayStation off me and put it in the bin for a joke and all that, just, <laughs> um, that's it, I, I sometimes, some people, when I'm streaming, some people say, go, go and fucking play with your son, yeah. go and spend time with your fucking son, and I've said to them, my son's into games and all. And, and by me being like this, like he, he gets it. He yeah. gets it. And, and he, when he grows up, he'll be spending all his time playing games like me, hopefully. Yeah. And he'll get, he'll get his dad. He'll get his dad. But like, you used to incorporate him quite a bit in the vines. When you were doing the vines, like he'd be jumping all around the place and screaming and stuff oh, like aye, that. Oh, aye, aye, aye. Um, so w when I was watching that, I used to love seeing that because it was like, you were clearly a stay-at-home dad, were you? Mm -hmm. And just waking up in the morning and having, having fun with the child. It's good, but I mean, I had to go and fucking antidepressants. I, I fucking did. I fucking did. Um, when, when he was two, when he was two, I was going to fucking uh, talk myself and I was like, greet my eyes out. <laughs> it's true though. It's true. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say, every cunt's going to fucking laugh, man. Um, I said, I was greet my eyes out, ready to talk myself. <laughs> You're a funny guy, man. Um, and partly because I just distressed that, and I've got a fucking cheek saying that because it's my girlfriend Lynn who fucking does everything, organises everything. So you and were I'm, suicidal when he was two? I, I've been suicidal, I'd been suicidal for fucking years anyway, since I was a, t a teenager, kind of on and off, on and off, and oh, everything's gone all right, no it isn't, everything's gone all right, no it isn't, a bit of stress, I really can't fucking hold no stress that much. What, what, what stresses you? What, what well, just be? stress like, um, no being able to lie on the couch watching Columbo, basically. <laughs> because I've got a son and I've got to do things. Everybody like that. Oh, we had sympathy for you about 30 seconds ago like that. Can prick. Um, well, just, just the things you've got to do and you've got to do it well and you can't be shite. Basically trying to be a, a good dad and try to do things and care about things and organise things, even though I don't fucking organise stuff. And, and all the years I was like, uh, like writing uh, Lemmy's show, I think, I don't know, maybe the second series by that point, and then the third series, and try to get, do, a bit of, do some sitcoms that ended up no working out, and um, 
kind of stress like that and trying to be present and all this sort of thing and, and kind of know away, away in a daydream and I'm meant to be doing stuff with my son and I'm no and I'm in a bit of a trance and, and then we moved house and it, it, honestly I think it was scraping the fucking wallpaper that just made me go like that fuck it I'm going to talk myself I don't know what it was I, I was like scraping all this wallpaper and I was meant to do and I was sawing down this wee tree outside and I, I was just like I don't know what the fuck it was, just the whole thing every day just became fucking shite. I would wake up in the morning like this, <sighs> and every fucking day, every day I'd wake up just like that, <sighs> and, I, and that sounds normal to wake up and do that, but I mean, I'd be like, I fucking hate this, and it just came to a point where I just thought, I, I can't date anymore, I don't, know, I don't know why I thought that, I can't date anymore, I don't know what it was, but um, it got really, really fucking bad. And, uh, and then I just went, right, fuck it. I knew somebody who, whose husband was on antidepressants. So you weren't being medicated at this point? I wasn't at that, but I'd never taken anything like that. And had you gone to counselling or therapy? No, nothing at all. No. no went to the doctor, no phoned anybody up, nothing like that at all. And so you, were you thinking, I'm just a bit sad, but then I, you're I just going, think this is just every I'm, single day. I, I'm just, I, I get stressed out with things. I get a bit worried. I get a bit moany. That's just the way I'm. And in fact, I need to be this sort of way in order for me to write things yeah. and all that because it gives me like ups and downs and character and this sort of fucking shit. Um, and it was only, uh, I had a, I had a pal whose husband was on antidepressants and he was out. He was out one night at this birthday party or something, and then I got told later, oh, why, he's uh, on these antidepressants, I think it was citalopram he was on. And I was like, oh, was he? All right. And I was expecting him to be like a fucking zombie, kind of like flatline sort of thing, but he was all sort of cheery and chatting away. I was like, right, right, right. And then when that all happened, I thought, right, maybe I'll give him a fucking shot. But I was scared because I'm mind-altering fucking drugs and... I'm all right with taking eckies and fucking acid and all that yeah, sort of yeah, shit. Yeah. They're all right. But what's this? You don't know who's making it and why. <laughs> I thought, right, I'll go, I'll go on them. I'll go on them because I can always come after them. And I know there's risks and there's side effects and some people are worse when they go on them or they go on them and they're all right, but then when they try and come after them, they're bad. I just thought, just fucking try it. And um, I tried it. And honestly, the next fucking day, and I don't even think this is a placebo thing. The next fucking day, even though it's meant to take like weeks to start working, I felt better. I just felt fucking cheerier. Yeah. I just felt, wait a fucking minute. I just felt like a weight had been lifted. Something's fucking changed about me. And the next day it was better. The day after that it was better. I was like, I'm in a fucking good mood. Yeah. I'm fucking all right. Nothing's changed. Everything that needs to get done still needs to get done. But I don't feel this fucking, oh, this is all caught up with me. It's all catching up. I'm fucked. I, I can't, oh, like that. I just felt... Right, I felt all right, and I felt that way for however long that was I took them, like, I don't know, six months, a year, I can't remember, but it, it, it was fucking the time of my fucking are you, life. Are you on antidepressants now? I'm not, no, I've been off them for about six, seven years, I stopped taking So you them. just did like six months of antidepressants? I, it was like about six months or a year, and then every now and again they wouldn't work, and I would get a wee taste of what it used to be like, kind of worrying about stuff and thinking about stuff that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. I don't mean like a kind of psychosis, like thinking about stuff and imagining things that are only happening. Just try to think about things. If this person says this, then I'm just going to say that. But what yeah. if they come back and say this? Well, I suppose I could say that, or that, or that. But if they say that, it ends up like chess. A situation like, what if I phone that guy up to say, I, you know how you plastered the wall? Well, it's no done right, and a wee bit's falling off. And just that wee conversation would be like chess. 
I'd be yeah. like, here's five ways to say it to him. Here's the five ways he could reply to each of the five fucking options. Here's the five things you could say to each of them. And it would just be like branching off and I'd have to be like fucking Gary Kasparov or one of these fucking chess fucking masters like that. Like, and it'd just be dead stressful and Lynn would be like, have you phoned that guy yet? And I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> Sitting there like that, like I'm playing fucking chess, like just, just try to work it out. If he says that, oh fuck, where was I? Where was I again? Stressed out to fuck, but then the pills would start working again. I don't know what the fuck it would be. It would just stop for about a week and then go back. And then it happened like maybe for the third or fourth time. I thought, right, fuck it. I'm going to, I think I'm ready to jump off now. I think I'm ready to just stop because I'd started meditating at night time to help me get to sleep because sometimes I would fall asleep. How, how did you start meditating? Like what? I just, I can't remember what, what I did, what I read, but it wasn't like the candles and music and all these, like somebody speaking in your ears. Yeah. Um, you know, like a guided meditation thing. I just, I would just lie in bed at night and I would just think about my breathing. That's all. I would just think about my breathing. I wouldn't try to control my breathing or slowly breathe or anything like that. I would just think about it. And if my mind strayed to anything else, I would just think about the breathing okay. again. I just keep bringing it to the breathing as if it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. If I started to try and work out all that thing that's happening next week, just think about the breathing again and again and again until eventually this feeling just sort of happened. Like my mind just went, right, fuck all that then. Right, you're not interested. So uh, were you off. doing this even throughout the day? So even in the morning, if you've I, got one of these negative thoughts, you go, fuck that. Let's well, think about my when breathing. When I was on them, when I was on the pills, I didn't have any fucking negative thoughts. It was fucking magic. It was, I, I loved it. Um, I, I, it would be at night time just to get to sleep. But then when the pills stopped working, and then when I eventually came after pills, I was doing it every morning, religiously, like every morning, no matter what, even if I felt good or bad. And it, it was fucking brilliant, and it, and it, and it really worked. And, and would you sit in a certain way? I'd just sit, sit, in, my, uh, sit in the living room, sit in the Eyes closed or eyes open? Eyes shut, and I would, I would just kind of sit there, kind of upright, no lying down, because I'd just end up falling asleep. I'd just shut my eyes and just think about my breathing. I'd say to Lynn, going to come in for like 20 minutes or something like that. I'm having a wank. No, I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> I say, don't come in, but meditating. Um, and then, because if somebody comes in and nah, disrupts you, you kind of just get back to where you were. And it would just be good just sitting there, and then eventually I would open my eyes, and it would be magic. And I would do that in cafes or wee restaurants. Yeah. Or, um, I would just do it every now and again. It would be, uh, uh, it was good. And then I've not got into the habit of doing it. I, I felt, I've fallen out of the habit of doing it for quite a while now. I just do it now and again. And mental health kind of suffers a wee bit for it. Yeah. But, I really love doing it. I love the pills, but I'm kind of... It's strange because I'm glad that I'm after them. Yeah. But even though they're my magic, you know, you, you, you've just got a certain um, frame of mind that you feel like being on them, and then you maybe feel like you're being after, feel like being after them. And I, right now, I feel like being after them. But it's good to know they're there if, if I wanted to start fucking popping them again and having the time of my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. A lot of manufacturers of citalopram in the audience tonight. Right. That's right. You can go back any time you want. You haven't uh, drank alcohol in 16 years. That's right. I, 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 June, I think it's the 7th of June or something like that. I stopped, um, I 16 years. Well, seven, coming up for 17 years, I think. Fair Thank you very much. 16 years, I coming up for 16. Um, how is it being after, like, why are you off drink and also 
what's the relationship do you feel between your mental health and alcohol? Well, I stopped drinking because I was going to, same old story, I was going to top myself, yeah, there it is again. Um, it was the worst hangover in my fucking life, it was, it was fucking terrible, and it was during the daytime, I was lying near the Clyde, kind of, sort of near here, kind of down there a wee bit, and uh, I was just, I was just going, all right, fuck it. Uh, it was that bad, I can't even describe how bad it felt, because I can't even imagine it right now. I'm trying to imagine it, and I can't, I just know, I just remember it was really fucking bad, and I was going to, I was going like, fuck it, this is it. And I just didn't feel like I was a part of anything, I felt like everybody else is all fucking getting on with things, they know how to do things, they know how to deal with everything, and I fucking don't. I don't know what was going through my mind, but I just thought, right, enough's enough, that's it. And I was going to jump in the Clyde uh, to, to drown, not to do one of the big high fucking jumps where you hope that you hit that everybody pissed themselves. That's the Glasgow sense of humour there, though. <laughs> um, I was, I just thought I just wanted to fucking drown. I wanted it to be fucking horrible. I was in that kind of thinking like that. I wanted it to be horrible. I wanted it to be terrible, awful. I wanted to regret it. I wanted to make, maybe regret it when I fucking get in the water and it too, it's too late. Um, and then I was going to do it and, and I just thought to myself, um, what would happen if I did it, the actual, like, what would happen in the next half hour or the next hour? You know, like, I would, somebody would spot me, the police would get called or the ambulance and then they would get the body, look at my cards or some sort of ID, find out where I stay, visit Lynn, who was walking for home, chanting the door. Do you, this is, uh, do you want to come and identify, you know, this, all the fucking, the grim stuff, the, re, real, the real stuff, not just the, oh, I'm going to die all the stuff that comes after it, uh, and, and it was fucking horrible. And I just thought, no, 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 you're not you're no playing about with this anymore. This isn't really your wee kind of wee fantasy of maybe getting knocked down once because you're having a stressful day. This yeah. is the real fucking deal. And I just thought, I don't, I, I want to fucking live. I just thought, I don't want to fucking die. I want to fucking live. And I had, uh, and I was saying this to you before, it was like a fucking spiritual awakening. Yeah. Even though I'm no spiritual, I don't believe in anything like that, but it was like a kind of, a part of me inside was like, no, 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 don't fucking die, live. I don't, before you kill yourself, fucking kill every cunt else. You know, like, <laughs> you first, then them. Like, as in you alive first, no, you fucking kill yourself, then kill them, so you can't do that. But, um, no, you can actually, can't you? Um, no, I just thought, no, right, fuck this, and I thought, I can't drink again, I can't drink again, because I was trying to moderate it before, I was having... Now and again, I would try cutting down. I would like, have a drink and then have an iron brew and then have a drink and then have an iron brew or a water. You get these yeah. bits of advice online how it's like spacers, like something in between drinks or instead of a pint, have a shandy or instead of this, have that, instead of that, have this. But eventually, a shandy is a, becomes a pint or a pint becomes like a red wine yeah. or it becomes half a bottle a night or a, a bottle of red wine a night. Just talking about that right now, I miss it so fucking much, man. Yeah. I used to just sit there playing Grand Theft Auto 3, um, like my, flying my dodo, I was really good at flying the dodo, with a fucking bottle of red wine next to me in my glass. It's fucking e excellent. That's why I had to fucking stop, because I fucking love it. Um, I, so I just went, this is the only thing that's going to get me out of this fucking feeling right now. I, I, I'm stopping, that's it. Name me moderation, that's it. It's actually over. And it actually made me feel fucking good. I, I, I thought, this is it, all good. And I went back up the road where Lynn was like, Lynn had almost sort of told me to fuck off that morning. Yeah. Because I said, I'm sorry, because I was steaming all weekend, I was an arsehole, and she, she, I was like, I'm sorry. And she just like, looked at me because I was a fucking mess. 
and I just walked out. Um, and I went back like, hey, I've stopped drinking. <laughs> Everything's all right now. Everything, she was like, right. And uh, people that I knew, pals, was like, I've stopped drinking. They're like, right, right. And it was like, I don't know if you know, any of your listeners will know the tune, the fat sketch. Was this tune, the fat sketch show, uh, Scottish sketch show, where I get, they're always like, come on, take a drink. Take a drink. Have a drink, take a drink. Nobody will let you no let you not fucking drink you know they always want you to drink yeah. and I was I remember I, I said I think I've said this in my fucking book my autobiography I remember telling my dad um, whose brother hanged himself with fucking alcoholism I, 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 phone, I phoned him and I was speaking to him and I said uh, I, I've stopped drinking that's me stopped drinking I was ready for killing myself I was honest I was ready for honestly dad, I was ready for just jumping in the fucking Clyde and uh, that's it that's me stopped and he said yeah, well you stopped completely stopped when I says, I don't know, I guess that sounds a bit extreme. <laughs> so he fucking said, and Lynn, my girlfriend Lynn, told her more and said, oh, Brian doesn't drink anymore. Uh, you know, he was getting really done. He was almost, uh, he's ready for killing himself. To be honest, he was ready for killing himself. So he stopped drinking. And she went, all right, it's, it's no kind of life though, is it? <laughs> They just want you to drink yourself to death, man. Just they, they demand it. Um, so that was it, and I've no drank since, uh, apart from the odd accidental ones when I had a, like, I had a Knickerbocker glory somewhere once, in a big tall glass with this fucking ice cream sort of shite in it, and I took a wee teaspoon it, and it was like fucking Jack Daniels went down the back of my throat. Go away, really? They put, I don't know what the fuck, I didn't read the, the, the thing, the, the menu properly, but... I just what, what is it like a milkshake? But, but it's they, like they a big put... tall thin glass, and, and they throw spirits into it. They put they put like, like a sundae in it, and like ice uh, cream yeah. and bits and jacked pieces. up sundae or something they call Aye, it. So they had this. They must have poured this fucking Jack Daniels in it, but I just took a big scoop. It think it was like this liquid sugar sort of stuff, like caramel. Gulped it and it fucking bumped the back of my throat. And I was like, oh no, it's gonna. I'm changing. Yeah, <laughs> another, that's the another thing. one. Leave the fucking bottle. I've got friends. I've got friends who are off drink, and if they even have a sniff of fucking drink, that's it. They're that a three-day bender. Mm. Like they can't even drink uh, kombucha because the fermentation is enough to fucking drive them mad. Mm. When you had that little bit of Jack Daniels, you weren't like, oh shit, I better go up and order a pint. It just, it just felt kind of like, oh fuck, you know what? I've, I've I'd forgotten that and now I remember it. No, it was, no, it was kind of like my... I didn't really like, uh, drink Jack Daniels anyway, but it was like, uh, I was breaking my streak. I was breaking my kind of adult uh, drink yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It was mainly like, oh, you fucking bastard. You know, it's like, um, how many days can you go without a thing or day or certain thing? Because you're a pioneer, are you? What's that? Are you a pioneer? A pioneer? Do you have pioneers here, no? I know, I mean, I know a pioneer has an addiction thing, but I take it you're talking about something Do you else. have pioneers in Scotland? It's where you, where you don't drink. I had that you, guy who went to Canada. You don't drink it. and you wear a badge. That guy who named the wee rivers and the beaver guy, or whatever his name is. So you're, you're not a pioneer? I'm a pioneer in Flash. <laughs> Flash. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is a, what's a pioneer? Pioneer is, um, it was like before AA. It would, you would take, oh, a, right. you'd take a pledge. Right. And you, you'd become a pioneer, and it's like, I don't drink alcohol, and they give you a little badge. Right. And right, you wear right. the badge, and because you have the badge, people know they're pioneers, and you don't offer them drinks. Right, right. But you have to, like, you never break your pledge. Mm -hmm. 
So no, you, I, you I were never, a pioneer without becoming one. I'd never, I'd never been to any of these sort of things, but I, I was just trying to, I, I wasn't counting the days. I knew what day I'd started uh, not drinking, but um, no, I was just, oh, you fucking bastard. I wasn't like, oh, well, that's Would you fuck. identify as an alcoholic if someone asked you? I feel like I'm an alcoholic, and then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be an alcoholic, if you know what I mean, but then I read something saying, um, I don't know, someday, some fucking killjoy said to me once, you're not an alcoholic. And I was like, <laughs> fuck off, man. Take that away from me. Um, he said, no, an alcoholic means you're addicted, you're like chemically addicted, and if you take it out of your system, you're like, you know, it's actually fucking dangerous. And I read some website, you know, like one of these alcohol kind of websites, either the AA or Drinkwise or one of these things, to go, ah, oh, they're lying, they're lying, but they, they almost said the same thing. It says, uh, you're a problem drinker if you, if you basically have a drink problem, if you're, if you're just drinking has become a problem. and everybody, I, I can't understand people going, uh, right, that's, like, that's me, that's me done for the night. Yeah. That's me, I've had five drinks. No, that's enough. Do you want another drink? No, that's me. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. How, 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 how the fuck is it? How? I can't, do you ever like, because uh, like, I go on holidays in Spain, you know, or sometimes if I'm trying to write, I'll go to Spain. How the fuck do they do it, man? You'll be there in a bar in Spain, right? And they've got a beer that's that size. They call it a canna. And they just drink it slowly all night. And, and there's this town I go to in Spain. And, like, I'm the only drunk person in the whole town when I go there. Mm. And the drink is only, like, two quid for a, for a pint. I, it's, I it's a cultural thing, man. It, it's, it's all the Spanish. That they're, you just, it's like your beer is so cheap and it's lovely weather. Why aren't you getting absolutely shit-faced? I, they're not... I can't understand that. If I go there, I lose the run of myself. Aye. It's a cultural thing. It must be the same in Scotland. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm not trying to act all kind of different and go, I don't get people who aren't alcoholics. Oh, I'm so strange and different me. But I kind of don't. I, I go, how, unless you've had to stop 
like how are you know tempted to keep drinking more and more and more? It must obviously be a brain chemistry thing. When I get a drink, when I have one drink, I want another. Yeah. Because it feels fucking good. Yeah. And no, and being sober doesn't feel that good. It feels fucking shite. What's what feels fuck? It's just simple. It's fucking logic. What feels better? <laughs> no being, no having a drink in you or having a pint in you or a red wine. I feel fucking better with with one drink in me. It just feels good. So why would I know? Why would I want to be sober unless I had to be? And then yeah. I go right. I'm at one. Let's go to two, and two feels even better. Yeah. And then three feels better. And then I just started to know really be able to keep track of what feels good or not. I'm just fucking drinking all night. Um, I just really, uh, really fucking really like it and really miss it. And I hope everybody's getting drunk tonight and enjoying the yeah. lights. Actually, <laughs> good, good. It's uh, the interval at the moment, so I'm going to open the bar. All right. So we'll be back out in about 15 minutes. So we were talking backstage loads about uh, you're streaming now. That's your new thing is you're a streamer, yeah. on, a streamer on Twitch. I said, I, you said, Imagine I, saying that to someone in 1996. You sound What's like, your job? I'm a streamer on Twitch. You sound like I've said to you back there, soon we come back on, can you talk a wee bit more about the streaming? Uh, it's just that. <laughs> no. That's my new thing, you know, it's my job now, you know. Uh, um, I streaming is fucking because I've been thinking. Well, loads of people have been asking me to get into streaming, and any time I've asked Twitter, like, what computer do I get? I get so many fucking answers that made me not want to think about it at all. And I, you, you get any time you say I've got. It's just like what happens all the time online. You say you've just bought this thing, and you bought the something something three. And then somebody say, why do you not get the something, something four that comes out next month? Yeah. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Or, oh, you shouldn't have paid that. You can get it here for this. Uh, you made a big mistake. But I've, I bought a computer and it just, uh, I mean, I had the computer before, but I just thought, right, I'm going to get a right good one. And then I got this uh, one and it's just, it kind of kept fucking up. And then people saying, why did you get this graphics card when you could have got this? Why, did, why have you only got this fucking amount of RAM when you could have got that? And I've just recently just went fucking daft, and now people are saying the opposite. Why did you get 64 gig of RAM? 32 is fine. <laughs> Why did you? So that's good. It's a good feeling. It's a good, oh, good, good. I've, I've made it now. I'm fucking big shot. I'm in top now. Um, but I love, I love, I love fucking streaming. What do you, what do you like about it, man? Like, you're literally playing video games in front of a camera and talking. Yeah. And you love it. <laughs> but you, like, when I was talking to you backstage, I'm like, wow, this man really, really loves doing this. Oh, aye, 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 aye. Um, that sounds cheeky. And I, 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 he loves doing this. Fucking shut up, Jesus. Um, I, I love it. I just love... Um, I, that's what I've been doing since fucking day one, really. Um, been playing games kind of my whole life. And I, right, right for the early days, the old Spectrum and Commodore Vic 20. Um, just love just sitting in front of my fucking computer or the... When I was younger, boys would all be playing football, and I'd love just playing my fucking Vic 20 or my Plus 4 or my Atari ST or uh, my Master System, Mega Drive, SNES. What fans are there? Um, Do you ever think of like putting out a real old console and playing that on your stream? People do that. People do like kind of retro streaming where they, they either use an emulator where you can play all the old stuff on your computer or they've, they've got the real deal. They've actually got the old fucking. Dreamcast or some shit like that, and they've they've actually plugged it in. But I've done that once or twice. But um, and then I found out, oh, you can use an emulator. That's piracy, and they yeah. get, they kick you off. 
you get banned. Oh, really? That's what I heard, and you've got to you've got to use the real deal, or you've got to actually show that you've got it. So I think I might do a wee fake Photoshop. I'm fucking up now because I'm admitting what I'm going to do. <laughs> but I could do a fake Photoshop picture of me holding like a like a, I'll just put my hands like that, and then get a, a fucking ZX Spectrum or a fucking Vic 20 or something, and plonk it in there in Photoshop. So you see, this is this is how I'm playing this game right now, and just hope that any wee emulator things don't pop up on the fucking screen. But um, I people do all that. I'd like to do that because when you're looking for new games, sometimes you're like, oh, this is shite. People tell you about like Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War or something, and this is amazing, 10 out of 10, and you play it, and it goes on for fucking ever, and stupid skills trees and fucking crap like that, and epic weapon and legendary weapon, and you're just like, fuck it, I just want to get back to like Jet Set Willie or something, and <laughs> see if I can complete it, which you can. But that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> What, what makes, because loads of people were asking me questions about your relationship with a game called Overwatch, oh, and aye. you had to take it off your computer. Um, here, look, Overwatch keyring. <laughs> Overwatch keyring. Um, I have I've had to install it, reinstall it. The first time I did it, like people said, you've got to play this game called, uh, you've got to play this game called Overwatch. And I looked at it, and, I, and it's just running a bit shooting. It's all colourful and all that. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not into it. And then somebody said, just get it. And then, so I went to a shop, and I bought it. Uh, the actual fucking, you know, no digital download, the actual thing. And I just fucking hooked. And it got so bad that I had to actually take it out the house and fucking plank it somewhere. In other words, that's a Glasgow word, that is an old planket. Um, hide it somewhere. I had to, like hide it somewhere and, and I just said on on Twitter here's a wee clue of where it is everybody it was near like Kelvin Bridge Underground if you can find it it's yours I've signed it and everything <laughs> and I signed it you know I signed it I went let me and then um, I put it and like wrapped it up in cellophane and I, and I put it kind of here and I went there's one picture and a wee bit later I went here's a wider picture to give you a better clue and somebody got it and somebody got it and uh, I found it recently I was like two fucking years ago. Uh, somebody got it and I found out recently, somebody went, oh, look what I've got. And, it, and it's for sale in a fucking second-hand shop. <laughs> it fucking sold it, fucking thing. Um, scumbag, but... I ended up fucking downloading it. Anyway, I downloaded it. And you, once you download it, you can't fucking yeah. get it away. It's, it's never, never fucking there. You can't get shot at And I've uninstalled it and reinstalled it and uninstalled it. And currently I'm in my reinstalled phase. Um, it's, it's fucking bad. It's all one a day. Everybody hates it. But the thing is, is it fun to watch you playing Overwatch or do you just get too involved in the game and now all of a sudden you're not thinking about no, your audience? No, it, isn't it fun? That I, don't, I don't look at the chat. I don't chat away. Some people like it, but most people are like, get this fucking shit off <laughs> or I'm unsubscribing. You know, just... So what games... Because the interesting thing with you as a streamer is... Usually with streamers, people are coming to see people playing video games. But with you, like, I think that what you're doing is essentially a podcast. You're doing, like, this big, long podcast, except you just happen to be playing. Like, you tend to find games that are really boring. Like the Hi. Farming Simulator. Farming Simulator 19, Euro Truck Simulator 2, American Truck Simulator 2. What's that? Look at the love for Euro Truck Simulator 2. Um, I've not played it for a while. I need to get fucking back on it. But for people don't, who don't know, this is literally, you can drive to Malaga 
Aye, you can, in a truck and you, nothing cool happens, it's just... Aye. You, you can drive to Malaga. You drive, you can drive uh, like Glasgow to like fucking, I don't know, Rotterdam or Dusseldorf or... And here's a question, because I've never watched a full one. If you drive from Glasgow to Rotterdam, do you have to get onto a ferry in the middle of it and wait? You, you can either go, I think you can go through the Channel Tunnel or you can get a ferry. So if you get on a ferry in the game, are you literally like eight hours just nothing happening? No, it skips, it skips time. Ah, and, and it isn't in real fair. time, it isn't in real time. Like, if it takes you... That's the thing, is it related to time at all, is it? It's, like, uh, the way it works out is an hour in the game is like three minutes in your time, so if it takes you ah, 10 hours to drive here. But I know, I was thinking, I, 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 they should bring out a hardcore mode, but they'd have to do all the fucking maps. It's not the real maps, it's not like they've taken the real maps of the road and you get to go on every single wee road and go, I know that fucking road, that fucking guy got knocked in there, you know that kind of thing. Um, you, you get places kind of quickly, but I, I got it for a joke initially because people said, oh, Euro Truck Simulator 2, and I thought, that does sound like a joke, Euro Truck Simulator 2. There was actually one before it. Um, this one's better. And I got it, and, and, and I fucking love it. I got a steering wheel, my, my son's steering wheel. We got him like a, a steering wheel for a game, and he played it fucking once on a PlayStation. Didn't like it because he crashed, and that was it. So I went like, I'll fucking have it then. And, um, and I'm just like that with a steering wheel, and, and I'm chatting away. There's a chat on, on Twitch, and I'm just sort of chatting away to them. That's the good thing about it. If I'm playing Overwatch, I can't talk to anybody. Yeah. I'm just like wanting to win. But with a, a Euro Truck similar to it, it's like somebody sitting next to you, and you can just sort of chat away, and you're driving. And <laughs> the chat, I've got my wee dog there that I've called uh, the, the, the viewers named Rexit. And that was before Brexit. Um, instead of Rex, um, Rexit. In case you didn't get that. Uh, got a wee Christmas tree that's there all year round. And I've got wee pictures of Lemmy showings like DD and all the rest of it. And I've got to just go, just go driving and chatting. It's nice and relaxing. It's rainy and the sound of the indicator seems to put people... I, I, I stream at night mostly, so it really... Some people say, I can't get to sleep unless I'm fucking hearing this lorry and you... <laughs> and, and see, because it's at night time, my girlfriend uh, is... Like right next door, the wee room that I'm in, there's the wall right in front of me, and just at the other side is her head, because the, the, the head side of the bed is right fucking there. So I've got to kind of make sure I keep my voice down and just sort of speak like that. So it's a right ASMR. Okay, ASMR sort yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. So I'm just going like that, just, I'm just going to, I, I don't talk about the driving. I don't go, that was a really good left turn there, that was a good right turn there. These are good do you, do you ever acknowledge where you are? Like if you're in Portugal or something, are you going to go, I'm in Portugal? Um, where the, do you mostly drive to? Do you stay, stay around? I just, you? I just go, I, I just go like Aberdeen, somewhere kind of north of Scotland or, or uh, Glasgow, and then all the way out to say somewhere in Latvia, like kind of, or all the way out to Turkey. That's a new mode that's just came in. <laughs> you can go to Istanbul, so I went all the way out there, or sometimes all the way up there to Finland, and like fuck it, we're going down to Corsica. Go down oh, to. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But there's some places that are a disappointment. See, see, if you go to Rome. In the game, there's no, there's no fucking Colosseum. There's, there's, there's none of that because it must all be like copyrighted. It must be like one of the things you're not allowed to, you know, you've got to get the permission or give money to Rome or something like that. So what is it instead? Yeah, there's, it just looks like anywhere. Um, so it's to, just like a fucking uh, I, industrial estate at the, the arse of Rome. It just looks like nothing, same with Venice. There's, there's no water, there's fuck all. 
fuckers named, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's fuck all. But if you go to Glasgow, it's got the fucking science centre. It's got the Glasgow Tower. It's got the arm of fucking dildo. It's got, that's all there. Um, you see it there, you know, because we're, we're no fucking clever enough to cash in and go, you're not allowed that, you're not allowed to do that permission, but Robin's got the right idea. Like, no, no, you pay us. Um, so you see real that, you see like Edinburgh Castle, um, but these other places you don't. And just being able to um, drive away and chit chat, and there's an indicator, I'm just sort of mumbling away. People just nod off. So I don't know if it's a daytime stream. It's not something I would play if I wasn't streaming. It's not something I wouldn't sit there doing deliveries. Because what's the to... point of it? It's it's like who the fuck wants to play that? Like I think it, it would be. But maybe... is there any challenge? Is there is the, is the only challenge like in real life? Don't crash or hit people. Is it like it's, it's kind of a challenge because um, you start off with a shite lorry that you don't even own, and then you, you then you can afford your own lorry, but it's crap and it's slow and it doesn't have kind of pull heavy things. And then you build up and you, any wee crash that takes a few hundred quid off you. If you speed, the fucking that takes another few hundred quid off okay. you. But I walked to it a weekend a cheat. It's not really a cheat. It's more an exploit which isn't really cheating. Um, and so I've got like fucking millions. I just ran the polis right off the fucking road. Because <laughs> I used to be, I was like, oh no, there's the polis ahead of fuck slow down and I have to crawl behind them at 25 miles an hour for like 10 fucking minutes like, in case I get fined because I'm, I've got, only got 500 quid in the bank and they're going to find me a grand and I'll be fucked. Now I am, now I'm just like, I've got fucking 10 million. And like, oh, you fucking go, pig. You go, pig. Like, Take that, copper. Do you ever, um, <laughs> the other thing you're doing right now as well is, is you're making Limmy's homemade show for the BBC, right? Yeah. But that's, I hope you like it. Huge amount of fucking work. You're filming it yourself. You're editing it yourself. Yeah. Do you ever worry that the streaming is, is taken away from time for creativity or is it a positive or a negative on your creativity? A positive because the fact is, any fucking time I've been doing, like, say, Limmy show or trying to write a book or something like that, there's, he's been, there's been these fucking periods where I feel, sorry to say it again, felt like fucking talking myself. I've been close yeah. to it. There's been arguments and in my, my wee bubble again and just thinking about that. It's just so much more relaxing. It's easier. It comes more easy to me to just switch it on and talk, 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 play games, rab it on, and just have a fucking a, a good time. And because of the generosity of people, they can chuck you money like a busker yeah. in a way, and you actually can get a, like, a, I don't want to say job at it, because that's insulting to people who've actually got fucking jobs, but you actually get a job at it, you can actually make it the thing that you do, and because when I was making Let Me So Made Sure anything else, I, the playing games is a fucking, a distraction, it's yeah. like, fuck, I just want a wee game of Overwatch, or a wee shot yeah. of this, or a wee shot of that, now this will be the actual thing I do, and I can still make like make music. I like jumping on Ableton and making uh, daft fucking uh, jingles for companies that don't exist and things like that. And we stupid songs, techno things and all that. Um, but I can always make reanimations and stuff like yeah. that. But the main thing, sorry, you know what that is actually? That's my alarm to remind me that I've got 10 minutes until I've got to go and fucking stream. That's my... <laughs> That's my 10 to 10. That's my fucking 10 to 10. Uh, Were you 10 to supposed 10 to be streaming tonight? Aye, at 10 o'clock. But I've, I've told that everybody knows I'm here. Oh, grand. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to be streaming me walking home, though. But um, 
Aye, that's used. That's my alarm. It goes like that. Say, uh, you know, it remind Lynn. Better, better go now. You know, it's not me that's leaving you. It's, it's old alarm. You know. <laughs> um, got to take because that's a job. And that's, that's kind of hard to convince Lynn, convince my my girlfriend that that um, you know it's like no, it's, it's, it's work. It's work. I'm not just going away playing games. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's work. You know, I have to act as if I don't enjoy it sometimes. Like that. Go to this fucking stream, God. What I... <laughs> Why did I get into this, man? Otherwise, it just looks like a sort of gallivanting about and you've got the easy life and everything. But um, I fucking love doing it. And I just love... It doesn't matter if I'm being creative or no. I, I just want to date it and I, and, I, and I love doing it. And people, enough people like watching it, so I'm, I'm all right so far. And when, when Vine was your thing, right? Mm -hmm. Did you, how would depression inform your creativity? Like so, some of the vines that you were making, some of them are mad fucking dark. And I knew by looking at it, it's like, that's someone who's going through some shit right now or is having some dark thoughts, especially the early morning stuff. Did you, when you're in a state of depression, do you feel that you're gonna create or do you not wanna create? Well, you know, the funny thing is, see when, like most of the vines, that's when I was on Citalopram, and I was having a time in my life. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I was, I was like, you, you kind of, you might be able to see quite a lot of the vines. I've got a kind of red face. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Citalopram sort of made me quite red and blushed, and my mouth was all dry. I was, I was enjoying it. I've just got a kind of dark sense of humour. Really, I fucking love it. Um, um, I, no, I was. Maybe I started some of the vines when I was, I wasn't on them, and then I went on them. But I think that whole time. For most of them, that was when I was on Citalopram, because I thought to myself, I heard things like, oh, watch, it'll really, uh, antidepressants really affect your creativity, and they must, some of them must be able to affect some people's creativity, otherwise you wouldn't hear this sort of, this kind of rumour. But for me, it was fine, because I wasn't second-guessing myself, or I wasn't doubting myself. Okay. I wasn't going like that, oh, should I, should I bother doing that? Like, I'm not going to bother doing that, it's just going to be rubbish. I'm not going to bother doing that. I just go, ah, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Ah, this is a laugh, this is a laugh. Yeah, that's the, how are, what, so when you're, when you're writing a story, or when you're making a video, how are you with the part of yourself that says something is good or bad? Your own inner critic. Just the, the main thing is, this is obviously obvious, right? But uh, like, if I like it and if I'm laughing and then the next day I'm still laughing about the idea or whatever. Like say like that, like Requiem that I said earlier, right? I was thinking about that for fucking ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. And it just, it just kept sort of making me laugh. And I thought it was weird. And I, if I watch Requiem now or Yes or No or any of these other ones, I still like them. Mm -hmm. And if I like the ideas the next day or the week after it, then that's all right. And there's some other ideas. Well, I liked it at the time, but now I don't. I but maybe that's because you know what the ending is. You know, you mm -hmm. know, you've kind of ruined it for yourself. But um, and then there's other things that I think are good, but other people think are shit. Simple as that. That I go ahead and make it, and I go, "This is good," and I'm like, "No, it's not." Mm -hmm. um, a sketch that I might make and get a reaction, or you make a, a wee thing in the bob, and you realise it's your own wee private joke with yourself. Um, just if I like it, that's, that's, that's the main thing. You've got to kind of like it yourself, unless you're just trying to do it for, purely for money. You know, you're just going like that, right? I want to write a fucking song or make something that becomes a hit so I can fucking chill out and that's the mortgage fucking paid and I can live on a yacht or some shit like that. Um, and I actually don't like the music myself, but I just want to, 
It's almost like, what was her name? Seer? Seer Fuller? Is that oh. her name? Seer? Uh, she's sometimes said oh, things yeah, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chandelier and all these sorts of songs. The way she talked about some of these songs in interviews, she's talked as if, um, oh, that paid for this and that paid for that. And I, and I, and I kind of, knowing a show-offy way, she said that she, she sort of talked as if she's got a kind of formula or something like that. Yeah. And it's as if she just does it for the money. And I kind of fucking like that. Because she's just like, ah, there's your fucking gruel. There you go, you take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's your pig swill for the fucking masses. There you go, it means so much to you. Chandelier, or that song means, I don't give a fuck, man. It's got the first thing. <laughs> first thing it fucking pops into my mind. Pick a thing and then write about it. Chandelier, right? And there was a wee period a few years ago, a lot of songs that the day we announced. Like, uh, Jesse, what's her name? Jesse. Jesse J, she did, uh, f- I think, Flashlight or something like that. Like, lots of songs just about a thing. Yeah. And, like, uh, what's her name? Katy Perry with Firework. Yeah. Fireworks, whatever the fuck it was. Um, everything was today with a thing. Oh, what, what could this song be about? It's about, you know, like, you'd have a song called Teacup. <laughs> and, like, oh, it's about how you're like a teacup. Because you, you make me warm inside, you know, like, when I... When I drink my tea at you, you're kind of like a teacup. I'm going to fucking, that's something I'm going to do in Ableton. I'm going to make that fucking song. <laughs> teacup. My tea. Like you can imagine it building up, the chorus building up and ending with, as you're my teacup. You can, you can just picture it. Baby, you're a teacup. That's a fucking hit there. That's a Come hit. here. Can you tell us about uh, something like she turned the wains against us? How yeah. how does that how did that come about? She turned the wains against us. <laughs> um, that was I, that was those. See when I was writing sketches, there's things you know are going to take like two minutes. They're going to be like a two-minute sketch or a three-minute sketch. But there's these wee ideas you might get, like it's just a, it's like a wee phrase that pops into your mind or a wee a situation. Um, and you, like I read something in a paper where some celebrity did say something like, uh, she's turned the kids against me. It was like an English guy, she turned my kids against me. I thought, that's funny, that. <laughs> that's a cracker. <laughs> it's that, like telling a fucking interview, she's done, she's done, you know, it just sounds like a, a guy go, I used to like imagine him dressed up as fucking Batman up the fucking <laughs> Big Ben or something like that. Um, and then I, I pictured that, and there's also this bit in Taxi Driver, the film Taxi Driver, where he's sitting in the taxi, and there's a guy that sort of walks by, and he's kind of going like that, mm, I'm going to, he's kind of like pure angry, he sort of does that, like he's kind of talking to himself. And I love that. I love just seeing somebody like they're raging about something. And you don't know what, what, what's going on. What's, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's like guys when you were younger, you know, just like fucking they're angry about something. Yeah. They're going down the street, steaming at three o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, <laughs> she's fucking. <laughs> and you put the whole lot together, and you sort of get like, you know, she's turned the kids against me because I'm going to say that wins. And I just pictured a guy walking through some sort of wee area. And I thought, you wouldn't just be dressed like kind of normal. You want them being like... The, you wouldn't yeah, wear, the clothes are lovely. 
I kind well, of, it's, it's kind of an outdoor jacket, isn't it? One of these sort of, I don't know what you call them, a coach jacket or something. I don't know what you call them, but people used to wear them when I was in secondary school. It's like a, a big, long jacket that comes yeah. to your thighs, and people used to wear it like, like football managers used to wear it, or football yeah. coaches. And I thought, I want like that, but it's unzipped and it's not got a top on. <laughs> and and I want, the joggies, I had the joggies, I pulled them down a wee bit so you can see that wee bit, you know, you can start to see that bit of the muscle there. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Jesus almost, line. I kind of almost, almost hit the pubes. The Jesus line. The Jesus line. Oh, aye, yeah. aye, 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 on the cross, the fucking... Yeah. Oh, aye. Is that a well-known thing? <laughs> the Jesus line. I, it is in Nimerick, yeah. Ah, oh, you see, like, there's the belly going down, and then you see where the hip, uh, the thighs start to begin, and you get the kind of wee valleys between the thighs yeah, yeah, and the yeah, belly. Yeah. Aye, that, I thought, I went in that pulp right eye down there, so it looks like, here, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Um, and I thought, and, and fortunately, it was a rainy day, so you had this nice fucking yeah. wet grin, because if it wasn't, you might think, oh, is it hot there? Is it hot? Is that why you sort of not got the top one? Because it's rainy, you go, no, this is actually a rainy day. He's not meant to be, he's like... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's serious, they lost it. He might get all right. Maybe in half an hour he'll be all right. But he's... he's uh, but also friends. as well, the setting. It's in like a lovely suburban estate. I kind of new build sort of place. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to... I so you, you've chosen all of these things. Because w- what I love about the jacket, the, the bare chest, the setting of the estate, this tells this other story and I have to write that story myself. That the viewer has to... It's, it's not using any stereotypes. It's confronting every single stereotype that we expect this person to be. And you're just going, is this how he is all the time? Or, or is this what the, is this the cocoon stage of a nervous breakdown? I, how long ago was he all right? Was he all right a month ago? <laughs> yeah. Like, was he, he holding down a job? I, does he sometimes do this? Is he known to do this? Every couple of years, he sort of, uh, you, you know, come on, he's sort of cracked up. He'll be fine, he'll be because fine. Because as well, it's, as an adult, making that choice of, like, when you're bare-chested at home, there's a certain threshold beyond your own house where it becomes grossly unacceptable. Aye. And you can, you can chance the garden with a certain temperature, but once you go beyond that, Aye. now you're, it's a public order offence. Aye. And he's stepped beyond that. Uh, he's got, he's, at least he's got the jacket on. But that makes it... Or How the fuck am I supposed to put this thing out? <laughs> but um, the jacket almost... See, if it had the, the tap off completely, it would, it, no. it would maybe be all right, because you just think, oh, he's just stepped out of his house. Yeah. But he's actually somehow got the jacket on, but no the top. <laughs> Even I'm, I mean, it's me that fucking made it, and I'm like, what? what's that cunt kind of all about? Cunt of it. Um, I but a lot of it, it's like I sort of like I want this sort of jacket. You know, you, you've got ideas about like have sort of like joggy bottoms. Been like joggies that like like they're all sort of tight at the bottom. They're tracky yeah. bottoms that are kind of a wee bit shiny or a wee bit flary or something. And this sort of jacket. And then we just happened to be in that area because the, you, you say it like the locations manager. Um, this sort of house. What about this? Oh, that's all right. What about that? No, I'm thinking they're old sort of thing. And then you have to film a few things in the same sort of place. So we filmed one sketch in a house there. And then they said, so what do you think about like out there for that? She's turned away against us. And I went, aye, aye, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go down there and then I can walk up and go that way. 
and it, and it all worked fine. Like one take, one yeah. shot, and we didn't do a second one. It was fine, and, I, and then we just filmed another wee bit for me saying, she turned away once again, she made aye. You know, just that wee <laughs> extra bit. I'm surprised I can do that. It's fucking hard to date without fucking stuttering. She turned away once again, she made aye. Did that again, brilliant. Um, and I was going to tell people online, um, oh, by the way, in case you want to do a bit of a pilgrimage, because some people said, I'm coming to Yoka. Some people say, I'm coming to Glasgow to go to Yoka. I say, well, you know, if you're thinking of doing this, she's turned the wins against us, it's in this street here. And I thought, no, I don't. Yeah. Because, you know, you're fucking saying to people, aye, there's there's that fucking street there. What if somebody goes, aye, thanks for sending everybody to your street. Here's his fucking address. Yeah. You know, yeah. like fucking, fucking Soviet Union in America, like that with the fucking nukes. <laughs> Just, um... Can you, exp like, can you explain to me what is Yorker? Like, I, I... <laughs> what I mean, like, I, I know it's a place in Glasgow, obviously, I, but what does it fucking represent? What's the spiritual um, tenet of Yorker? What? Well, I come for the, like, Can Wadrick, which is right in the south side, and normally with buses, I don't know if it's the same way everywhere. That bus that I would get would go all the way for the south side. We were right at the edge of Glasgow, so it would end in Kenny said, and it would go, or oh, Kenny Heed, sorry, to Cam Wadrick folks, sorry, I'm getting posh now. Um, and it would go all the way to somewhere in the north called, I think, Balmulloch or Balonock or something. But when you get up the turn, you see um, buses that go all the way for the east to the west or all the way for the west to the east, and I wouldn't be anywhere near them, like uh, Brigton or York or anything like that. And one of these buses, when I got up the tune, would be going for the east to the west, going to Yoker, right? And I'd be like, Yoker? There's all these places called Shawlands, Arden, yeah. Cam Wadrick. Everything would sound kind of normal to me, but there's something about Yoker. <laughs> like, like when I was wee, like, I say like primary seven or like first year, I would go up the tune by myself, right? And I would just go, oh, where the fuck's Yoker? Yoker? <laughs> And I would wonder where it was, and I had this thing called a transcard, uh, which is like a bus pass, underground ticket, and train ticket on one you could get. And I thought, I'm going to go on. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go on. I just want to see, because I had this thing, you just go anywhere. You could jump on a bus, jump off, jump on, jump off, go on underground, get off at Govan, take a look about, get back on and get away. That's, I did that once. I looked, and there was a wee guy about like fucking seven walking by with skinhead. And I was in primary school, and I was like, I'm fucking getting back on. Um, <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to get on it. And I thought, no, don't, because remember, it works with zones and things like that. Like, you're only allowed to be in this zone. You could get on this bus, and nobody will check to see if it's your time to get off. Then you might get off at Yoker, have a wee wander about, go to get back on, they'll have one look. Nah, that's no valid here, no, sorry. You know, and, and I'd be fucking trapped in Yoker. <laughs> and there might be somebody going like that. That's fucking cunning, he's not fucking... Like, if, if somebody... If I saw a strange face in, in Cairn Wadrick, I didn't know, like, the thousand people that stay in Cairn Wadrick, but if you see a face that you, you don't recognise, especially if they're looking about like, oh, I don't belong here, I'm no actually fake Cairn Wadrick, you'd spot them, you'd go, who the fuck's that? What are they doing here? <laughs> and I thought, that could be the same for me and Yoke, and I could get off. I was only, like, fucking 11 at the time, and people would go, ah, this cunt. He's not for Yoka, he's got no business being in Yoka. So that just, that just went in my mind for ages. What's Yoka all about? I even phoned up one of the, uh, you know, the chat lines that were popular in the late 80s, the kind of ones that got banned. 0055, 00 something something. Um, they cost a fucking fortune. 
I, I phoned one of them once when I was like wee, right? And there was these people all kind of chatting away, and I, all right, and I was like, aye, how's it going? And they were sort of chatting away. And one of them went, where are you, Faye? Oh, I'm Fioka. And I, I was like, listen to it, are you Fioka? <laughs> wee man, what age are you? You, you know, this is for 18s and over. Are you Fioka? What's it like? <laughs> I, was, I was honestly like, ah, are you Fioka? What's it like? <laughs> I ended up fucking racking up a, a thousand pound phone bill for Mon Daft fucking phone of these things. Um, but then I, I never did go on that trip to yoga, but it was always in my fucking mind. And then eventually when I did the podcast, I thought, right, DD, this guy, sort of got a lot of time in his horns and he's just thinking about stuff, which is sort of fucking based on me, really. Um, I just thought, right, he's gone to yoga, right? And I just went to yoga via him, you know. Uh, in, uh, in the form of fucking Didi. How much of uh, Didi is yourself? Kind of like, see, see after I, I went to, I, like, I left school, went to college after about a year, I was in college and, and then like one year of uni for about like four or five years. And then after that, I sat in Mars for about a year and did yeah. football. And I was just sleeping, watching the telly, sleeping, watching the telly for about a fucking year. Just no intention of getting a job or anything like that. And, and during that time, I went right into a right fucking DD mode, where um, I, wasn't, I wasn't puffing, I wasn't even drinking that much, nothing at all, just with all the sleeping, just letting my mind just forty. You know, it's almost like a fucking muscle, you know, just like, it was just bleh. My yeah, mind just smelled yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And I would spot wee things in adverts at four in the fucking morning. <laughs> like, there's certain things, there's certain sketches that are based on, like, true stories. Like, there's a sketch where DD spots... And like uh, you know one of these 12 or 20 CD compilations yeah. that used to be on at 4 in the morning? There's an advert that he spots where like song titles and the artist would come up on the screen in white, like scroll up the screen, and then see the song that was playing in the background. Yeah. The name of that song would be in yellow. <laughs> oh, right, so that corresponds to what's playing, right? And this is a true story. And then another one, it was something like, I want to know what love is before, and it really was something like that. And then another one went up, and that was in yellow. But then something like uh, Belinda Carlisle, Surf Cone in the Sand came up in yellow. But the song in the background was like, I want to know what love is before, and I was like, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> and so little was going on in my life at that time that I would meet up with my pals at the weekend, I'd be, I'd be like, wait, hear this, wait, hear this, wait, hear this. <laughs> and, so the whole thing was DD sort of based on me through, during that fucking period. I just uh, spotting things and imagining things and people going like, what the fuck are you on about? Uh, what about the fucking, the knives in the kitchen? Oh, I the kind of Toy Story sort of thing. Is that what that was? Uh, well, it wasn't based on Toy Story, but I, that kind of like, I'm... But I'm, it, 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 uh... Like, <laughs> I feel like I've disappointed you, like you've found a no, deeper meaning. No, I, I keep I'm looking like, at it, oh, wondering... Oh, the Toy Story one, oh, is that what it was? I thought it was like, um, like that's, if, if my anxiety was really, really acting up, um, that's the type of shit I'd think about, and that's when I know I, I, I need help. It's Just... when you walk into the kitchen and you get so paranoid, you start going, that fucking, the kitchen knife is the hardest cunt in the kitchen, and I need to leave. Aye. I can't, I can't remember how I came up with that. I don't, I don't know if I, I'd never done, I don't think I ever did that during that DD phase. There was a period on, it's in, it's in my book, where I looked in that flat that I was staying in for a year, there was a poster on the wall of two sunflowers, like it was a 40, 
I two sunflowers taken in a field, and I started feeling a fucking evil presence of it. Yeah. It was weird. Um, it was weird, and I, I became scared of the fucking poster for like just about a second. But me being scared of a fucking poster for a second scared me. So yeah. then it wasn't about the poster anymore. It was about that's it, that's it, that's it. Because I've always been. Scared. I had a full fucking year of literally being afraid of my own shadow. And it was, no, I'd be sitting down and I would see my shadow and then I'd say, what if that shadow is independent to me and, and, and it's separate to me, but it was, it was the, the moment where you're going, fuck, I can't tell the difference between me and my shadow. Here we go, let's unravel. Were you, were you on anything at the time? Were no, you anything? It, it was just how your mind goes. When, but what I think it is, is... Uh, when you get bad anxiety or depression, your self-esteem is so fucking low mm -hmm. that you don't even trust your own opinion about things like shadows or a poster. Mm -hmm. And, but it's true. Now if I see my shadow, I go, yeah, there's a fucking light there. And that's, and that's the absence of that light. It's grand. A couple of years ago. How, how long did that last? Was that a one-off or was it like No, weeks, man, that was a year of... Um, a year? A year, right, of a pain in my neck because I refused to acknowledge that my shadow was there. <laughs> you know, I had mental health issues. And did it just... <laughs> and did it just drift away? Did it just... Uh, no, the shadow, obviously, I mean, fucking... Um, no, I just fucking... Uh, well, one day it just went right that. I just fucking looked after the, the underlying issues of which, uh, my own self-esteem, anxiety in general. Meditation was fucking huge mm -hmm. for me. Um, when I was younger, first... Um, when you, when you start breathing properly for the first time mm -hmm. and doing meditative breathing and realizing that when you're anxious, that fucking, you're actually not getting enough oxygen into your fucking Aye. brain. Mm -hmm. And then you start breathing properly down into the belly and you're like, fuck me, where's all these endorphins coming from? So things like that. Because when I'd be scared of my shadow, your breathing's really fucking shallow. So then all the anxiety chemicals in my body are going 90 and that's it, you know? Do you ever look at your, do you ever get a, do you ever look at your shadow and just as a wee... Now is it, yeah, sometimes, yeah. No, but seriously, yeah, so, sometimes... It's like fucking serious, I mean, is it so serious that me joking about it is insensitive? No, I don't give a fuck. No, fuck, no, 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 no. Right, right. But, but, um, no, it's the type, like, my... I've had my mental health in check for about 10 years, right? And I've been doing really, really good. But if I find myself weakening, something like that. My shadow or my hand, mm -hmm. um, looking at my hand and going, how do I know for sure that these are mine? Oh, that's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> but you know one. what I mean? You know, like if you had that incident where you're looking at a poster and you're going, there's an evil presence in that poster and then you're freaking yourself out because you've just taken it seriously. Aye. That's how it starts. That's why for me, the DD sketch with the knives, I was going, do I enjoy this or do I need to turn it off? Right. I, I need to go back to the fucking Hans thing. Listen. So see when you see when you look at you looked at your Hans and went, are these mine? Yeah. And what and what way? Like obviously, it's, in the cold light of day, obviously it doesn't make sense because you can see them. But you're thinking, uh, what, what's your thinking? These are controlled by somebody, or I'm looking. What? Is, it, is the whole point that it doesn't make sense? That's the scary thing. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's just like, on what authority do I have to know that, like, <laughs> what, what, what would happen? But what would happen as well then, right? 
is I'd be there fucking, I was in college at the time, just chilling out, trying to do my work. And then I'm just fucking staring at other people's hands. And there'd be someone beside me, and I'm just fucking looking at their hands and going, that's definitely their hands. <laughs> and these are mine, but how the fuck do I know for sure? And I, do you know what I think it was? Because I can't fucking feel my own hand. Not really, like... I'm, I'm, I want to fucking... I, I could talk about this all fucking eggs. I love this. Because <laughs> I'm like that, right? I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to go, like, just move on. I'm not, I don't want to fucking move on. <laughs> so even though there's your body, there's your, there's, you know you're here and you can see your arm going down here. And you know it's there. You know it's there. You just feel what it's... It, it in some way belongs to somebody else or is... Yeah. Do you know what it was part of as well though? It was just, it was tied in as well with the whole absurdity of what the fuck is life? It was a bit of that as well. Mm. Would you know one thing that got me around this? So I was reading about, there's a philosopher called Rene Descartes, a French fella, and he had this theory of, and it's, it's a mad way of thinking about it, so a bat, right? So bats don't, bats are blind. Now they're not fully blind. There ought to be some fucking pedant in the audience going, well, actually, <laughs> ba bats are as good as blind. And bats, if you fucking brought a bat into this room right now, okay, the bat would fly around, it might go into the crowd, and the bat would perfectly navigate. Like if the bat came at you, it would go away. But that bat can't really fucking see. So that bat is using sound to navigate around the room as good as you or I could navigate. So what's in that bat's brain? Mm. Like, the world that we see here, I've got a set of eyes and so do you, and we're processing light, and this light is the computer of our, of our brain is translating this into imagery. But the bat is in the room as well. He doesn't have them fucking eyes. So what's on the inside of his brain when he's using a sound to see, and is it even fucking seeing? Does the bat think it's seeing? See, there you go. Maybe the bat... Oh! There you are. Yeah. Do we think we're seen? Does the bat think it's seen in the way that we think we're seen? Fucking spot on. Yeah. The bat is not going around the place wondering, are these my wings? It's just Aye. like... Aye, it's not saying, oh, I wish I could see. I think I can see. I'm so glad I can see. The bat's thinking. Fuck it. Yeah, it, it, it's... Yeah, fuck it, it comes down to self-awareness, doesn't it? So funnily, the thought experiment of the bat relieved my anxiety about my own hands. Because I kind of said, well, the bat has got a totally different way of seeing. Just chill out about it, it's grand, there's other things to worry about. <laughs> but... That way, that way of thinking, that predisposition I have to that type of paranoid thinking, it's what makes me love DD deeply, but also what makes me scared of DD. And I, I would have to limit how much DD I consume. And another, and actually this is true, I can measure how well I'm doing with my mental health based on whether I want to sit down and rewatch some DD sketches. <laughs> Honest to God, if I'm in a good place, then it's safe for me 
to watch Deedee talking about the knives, then that's totally safe and I can look at the absurdity of it. But if I'm weakening and I'm stressed, if I look at Deedee doing that, I'm laughing and then I'm going, I'm not going out into the kitchen. <laughs> For real, honest to God, honest to God. I'm, I'm still thinking about the, the Hans thing. I'm fucking... <laughs> I fucking... I, mean, I knew he was too. His face wasn't listening I, to me. I, I know my, my eyes are drifting off like that. I'm like nodding like... <laughs> So right. <laughs> oh, I, like, I really, I'm not going to keep. I've got a habit. Well, but I what is it? I, is it? Is it? You can't. You can't understand how I could have gotten to that stage where I'm wondering who owns my own hands. It's, first of all, it's a physical thing. I'm like, right. So you can physically see they're there. They're right there. I'm, I'm really no. sorry for going on about this, right? But the thing is, Limmy, though. But so, and I know what it feels like to imagine or think about a thing that doesn't make sense and everything. I, I know they're there, but. And I, I just can't quite get there yet. Yes. And I want to get it. It's, it's, it's... Do you ever, do you know what? It's not too far off psychologically. Do you ever be in bed and then you realize that you're breathing and then all of a sudden breathing stops being autonomous and then you have to go, oh great, I'm breathing now for the rest of the day. <laughs> do you remember that? It, it happens, it's almost like, that's the white dog shit of psychology. That stops when you're a kid. I don't do it as an adult, but when I was a kid in bed, I'd just think and I'd go, fuck it, I'm breathing all the time. And then you go, shit, I better breathe. You know what I mean? It goes from autonomous to conscious. It's in that territory. I think about, they're clearly my own hands, they are like. But I think about it so much that then I go, well, how do I know? In the same way that I go, well, Something's telling me to breathe, so maybe I just have to do it deliberately now, and if I stop, I die. I'm, Sorry I'm, for anyone who has anxiety in the audience, because <laughs> we are dishing it out tonight. I'm going to have to... With the t- triggering things. Just so that I don't get a feeling that I'm unsatisfied, I'm going to pretend that I get it now. Oh, I see, right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be asking this for the next ten fucking years. There's like, nothing to get, Tell man. me again, start from the beginning. So they'll know... You know they're yours, but they're no yours. You got to please write, please write, please write a big thing. About write, it. write a story about the hands. About that, that, that one thing, because I'm fucking. I might do. Um, I feel like I'm actually. I feel like I'm getting a trip off it. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting. I feel like a, a wee part of my mind is, is starting to fucking. You know, like, like I feel I'm getting a lot. I've got a wee half trip in me. Wee half acid. <laughs> It's, it's, it's fucking good. It's good. <laughs> um, oh, man, I got a question here, and it's just a general Glasgow question. What does uh, tongs your bass? Tongs your bass. Tongs your bass. Well, what do, does that mean? Um, uh, what is it? Tongs, I think. I can't remember. This. I, I've, I've read a few wee different descriptions of what it means. Like, I've heard, like, tongs. I can't remember what the tongs bit is. It's tongs gangs. I think it's something to do with gangs, but I know that it's the, oh, the whole thing's to do with gangs, but that yabas, I've heard it short for yabastor. I've also heard it short for, no, bass, it comes from like an Italian word or something. Wow. Or some other thing that means something else. It's not just short for bastard. I, bought, I had a book called Tongs Yabas, and, and it had like all the fucking gangs in it. Like fucking tons and tons and tons and tons of fucking gangs. Fucking Is that an old Glasgow it. thing? Was there all these little gangs around the place? The, I think there used to be like, like lots and lots and lots of them. And now there's maybe less, but, um, oh, sorry, fewer. 
Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't keep up to date with like, the, the gangs because it's not like I'm like secretly some sort of gang leader or anything like that with a drug empire like Breaking Bad or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like fucking, I'm like the guy, uh, the Lost Boys and all that. It's him, he's a fucking lead vampire. Like. Um, I mean, I don't know, Tom Chabas, I've not heard that. Where'd you hear that? I've not heard that. Um, it's like tons, tons of gangs, crying fucking names like the fucking Santoy. And uh, the, the gang didn't matter, but, uh, well, well, Can Wadrick was uh, Young Toon Tongs. Young Toon Tongs. Young Toon Tongs. Young Toon as in like Young Town, like Young Toon Tongs. Um, and you had like, like this, this, this fucking... What you don't know it, how many... Tongs, tongs are... Tong, as far as I know, is a, a Chinese-American business association which is a front for triad gangs. I think it maybe comes to... I think it... The, the yeah, well, why, why are Glasgow, like... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. calling themselves after Chinese gangs and no one in the gang is Chinese. Just all this stuff, stuff moves all about. Different ideas move about the world and you go, that's a good one. We'll have that. That's a crack at that. <laughs> um, I just, uh, just fucking turns. I don't know what makes a gang though. I don't know if anybody can start a gang. I mean, I don't you know if you can get It's a tall like... order if you just, uh, yeah. nowadays oh, uh, anyway. We're the, uh, we're the fucking, you know, uh, name any fucking place. Like, uh, what was this area? What would you call it? Like, what was, what was it like uh, Godbo's? Uh, there's probably a, govern, uh, a Godbo's young team. A gov is there a govern young team? A, a Godbo's young team? What's a young team? Uh, was, it, was it a young team? I think you have your older team. I think you've got your kind of actual fucking gangsters that actually like okay, yeah, 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 yeah. money lending, like the, the clever stuff, and then your young team's the kind of stabbing and vandalism sort Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And they I would think, hope to graduate to the old team. I, I think, and then they become the old, the old team. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I think they just become, like, gangsters. They're the gangsters, and you get gangster families. They've got surnames and all that. And, uh, They've got and surnames. Ah, uh, you know, like, they're the somethings. Like, I would be, you know, I watch that's the lemons. You know, the lemons. They, they, he belongs you know, to the lemons. I accidentally went drinking with the Glasgow Mafia. They Glasgow. Well, I, well, I don't know. Okay, you know that fucking place in London, um, uh, f uh, the the one Groucho Club, right? You know the Groucho Club in Soho. There's that that's all I kind of like up. It's, it's like, like if you if for, for working in TV and things like that. Right. So when we were in London doing gigs, we had access to this Groucho Club place, and we went in there, and it was fucking Harry Styles' twenty-first birthday. Oh. And we were there, myself and uh, the other rubber bandit and our DJ. And we felt really uncomfortable there because it's like, there's fucking Harry Styles and a lot of uh, posh, rich British people and who the fuck are we? So we were just chilling out. And then we kind of, because it was so like Harry Styles and everyone around him, we got pushed to the side 
And now we're kind of at the back of the Groucho Club with our pints, feeling kind of uncomfortable. So this strange thing happened between the three of us where in order to make ourselves less uncomfortable, we all put our hoods up. Right. I don't know why it was. I think we felt so uncool that we needed to put our hoods up to go, well, we don't care about Harry Styles and all of them. And while we were there drinking our pints with our hoods up, someone tapped us on the shoulder and it was a Glasgow lady, she was about 50, and she pointed at this old man sitting down and said, can you take your hoods off, please? He doesn't want you to have your hoods up. So we're like, okay, grand. Then they invited us over, because they heard that we were Irish, mm. and started having pints with us, and we were just having crack, and it was an old Glasgow fella, and they were about 50, and he was like 70. And while we were having pints and crack and not paying attention to Harry Styles' party, one of the waiters came over to us and says, um, I need you to know who you're drinking with. And I'm like, what's the crack? And he's like, they're the Glasgow Mafia. So that, that was it. <laughs> and I can't remember how the night ended. What was the waiter then telling you that? Like, is there a Glasgow... What? <laughs> I need to tell you, by the way. It's a Glasgow Mafia. I think he was, I think he was like, who are those poor, stupid Irish lads with their hoods up and do they know that they're drinking with oh, gangsters? Right. It was kind of like you're drinking with people who might steal your liver. Right. And you I, need to know who you're... Right. Well, look, if, someone, if, if you were in fucking Limerick and you started having a bit of crack and I saw you drinking with gangsters, I'm going to say it to you, they're gangsters, by the way, Brian, so Aye. you might want to keep an eye on that. Aye, you're a word, the wrong, a misplaced word away for getting your, your heat it's, chopped off. You know what something. I mean? If, 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 if you slag a gangster then they have to put a glass into your face or else... You've disrespected According to the them. films. Aye, 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 so maybe the waiter was sort of telling you just in case you were like, shut up, you old cunt, what's he like, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, that as well, like, I could have done that. The waiter could have Grab been lying. Grab sort of Benny Hill style, sort of slap his what's he like, man, we bald there? Hey. The waiter also could have been lying and there were just some lovely people from Glasgow I, I didn't get any fucking bad vibe. I, they were lovely to me. They uh, liked the fact that we were Irish. And the waiter told me they were the Glasgow Mafia. So maybe he was having a bit of fun. And I walked away having a poor opinion of this lovely family. And everything was, everything was all right? Everything was grand. Everything was grand. So there you go. What the, what the hell was? The and then was? he started asking me about my hands. No, he didn't. Um, now you've mentioned, now you've mentioned, that's me fucking thinking about them again. Come like. here. I, I generally, when I'm uh, creating, so I'm, I'm similar enough to yourself in that I have creativity that I do myself and is like my podcast or um, my books. And then I have shit I do with television. Mm -hmm. And I don't like working with fucking television. I hate the fact that I have a creative idea and then because of the process of making TV, by the end of it, after a year, it's a diluted version of what I initially wanted and I'm often not happy with what it is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is too, in order for me to have full creative control means being mean and rude to people and I don't want to do that. It means someone coming in with an idea and me going, your idea is fucking stupid and here's why. And I don't want to do it, so I'm a compromising person, but enough compromises lead to something where I'm going, I don't know what I watched this if I wasn't me. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel about that with television? Do you feel that, like you've the perfect situation now with Limmy's homemade show because you're actually fucking making it. 
But we'll say with the Limmy sketch show, how much of that in the end piece is, is what you wanted? Pretty much all it. Like with the Limmy show, the commissioner kind of liked my stuff and let me do everything that I wanted. The whole, the whole general process was I would write all the stuff down, write all the scripts, get them to the production company. They, would, they, they themselves would also get that wee feeling off me. I, 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 don't, I didn't give the impression, I don't think, to anybody like I would go in some sort of fucking mood or anything like but that. But how were you working with the director and the producer? Like, like how, how, The director and the producer, like... <laughs> the director? I directed Libby You show. directed it? <laughs> ah! So that makes it easier because... You fucking directed it? Aye. Okay. So that makes it easier because um, ah, if, I, yeah. if I was just a writer, if I was just a writer and a performer, because I, I know, like I remember, uh, you, you get some people like they, obviously they don't write it and you've got to fucking get in touch with the writer yeah. or the writer's got to get in touch with the director. Um, like maybe who wrote it has got a disagreement with the director. The director might say, um, uh, right, I know how you wanted this but you can't really have that. What, what, what about if we just date like that? But that's, yeah. that's not what I wrote, though. It's got to be like this. When you're the writer and the director, you, you can just sort of chop and change, and okay. you don't have to phone somebody up and go, I, I'm really sorry, we're really trying to stick to the words here, but because we don't have that thing here, it's all right if we change it for a, a bus to like this sort of other thing or something. You can just go like that. Somebody comes and says to you, uh, Brian, we don't have this. What do you think about that? Aye, that's fine. That's fine, or... Um, oh no, is, is, is there any chance you could get that or do this? Yeah. Um, but the commissioner with, with Lemmy's show just let me do what I wanted, bar a few wee sketches. I don't really get that one. Or like with the scripts, it's easier at the script stage, obviously, because you just chuck out words. But um, once you get to the point that you filmed it, there's still an extra one or two that might not have worked out. You might not even like them yourself. And I, I kind of got to do what I want, same with Lemmy's homemade show but I don't want anybody to just completely fucking agree with me and just go that's so good yeah, you don't yeah. like I'm a fucking Wayne or something the way I do with my son that's really good look at my drawing that's really really good that's really good you know yeah. you're never gonna go ah, nah you didn't hit the mark this time son <laughs> just go that's good because the most important thing is the just encouragement to keep yeah, on yeah. but um no 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 they kind of let me do what I want when I was doing sitcoms though that was a bit more like with this other production company, and it was a bit like that character doesn't seem to really be evolving over the course of the. Yeah. They weren't really wanky about it, they're all fine, you know, all nice to chat with and everything, but does, that doesn't really evolve that well. Would you, how do you see this character evolving in the second series if it comes to that? And, and you just want to go out, I tell you what, just fuck a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Just, I, I just gave me a sketch of a fucking guy for 17 seconds walking up a road, go like, she still remains against the fucking somewhere. Yeah. Around how the evolution of the character and. Because then you start, at what point do you start going, fuck, I'm going to make something I don't like here. Well, I got sort of how it got. We, I, like, I did three different things. One of them was like a Falkenhoof pilot that didn't, that didn't work out, but. Um, and was that all about Falkenhoof's his life? I like, like of real it. life, like, you know, it was a disaster yeah. in the sketches. That, like he's wanting to take his job seriously and what he wants it ought to work out, but fucking real life comes in with, with folk like, ah, ha, 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 and he kind of slips up, he's just a normal cunt. Um, I wanted it sort of being a bit cubby enthusiasm -y, Yeah. a wee bit sort of like that, was it just a complete cubby enthusiasm fucking rip-off? But kind of Larry Sanders show, it's like, aye, Larry Sanders show, cubby enthusiasm -y, but they must have thought, no, nah, that's nowhere 
near that in the Dunnock Commission, but other ones that I wrote, um, I thought they were all right. But see, eventually, as time goes on and Mermer changes are made, and you're like, right, all right, then I'll, I'll change that. Because I don't, I've never written a sitcom before, so you don't, I don't trust my own fucking judgment. And they say, this character doesn't seem to be that different from this other character. Yeah. How do you think about making her a wee bit more like this and him a wee bit more like that so they're not yeah. so similar? So you end up changing it. You can't quite keep track of, why did I have that character there in the first place? And yes. yeah, at the end, you're like, if somebody was to ask you, what, what, what do you think? Are you happy with what you've done? You're just like, I don't, I don't no. fucking know. It's like, same if you're making websites back in the old fucking days, like websites or designing stuff or something. The client might say, we want this kind of thing, and then you go and make it, and they go, actually, can you make it more like this? And then you change it and change it and change it, and then they go, right, so we're happy with that. Are you happy with it? And then say, you're thinking, no, it's fucking shit. Yeah. But you just go, yep, so you get paid. Well, that's why I hate television. Aye. That exact shit, man. It's just, it's why I love doing podcasting. It's why I love having full control. Aye. Compromises and compromises until eventually you don't recognise what it is and, and you're embarrassed about it, you know? Yeah. Did you ever, speaking of um, Larry Sanders and Curb Your Enthusiasm, did you ever see the ca pilot that Kanye West made? No. What is it? A sketch? So Kanye West, it, it was about fucking 12 years ago. Kanye West saw a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm and became obsessed that he was Larry David. He was like, he goes, this fucking Larry David guy, that's me. Right. My life, I, I say stupid things all the time. So Kanye said this in an interview, and then um, who directs Carby Enthusiasm? Larry Charles? Uh, I think so. I Larry think. Charles then heard that Kanye said this, and him and Kanye made a half an hour pilot, but it's basically Carby Enthusiasm, but about Kanye West. Mm -hmm. And you can see bits of it online. There's like eight minutes of it leaked. It's... It's nuts. And that's it. It's just eight minutes, but you kind of... It's just, it's... Kanye, Kanye wrote it, right? And he's not a comedy writer. And he just, he looked at the elements of... Like, Kirby Enthusiasm manages to get situations that are very risky. And Larry can pull them off in a way where it's just borderline offensive. But, he, but Kanye can't. Mm -hmm. So he just had this deeply, deeply offensive sketch where he's visiting a child in hospital who has cancer and says a lot of inappropriate things around him. And that's it. That's it. And it never got commissioned. But ha -ha. It's, it's amazing. Ha-ha, you're dying. Take the hang yeah, it's incredible. Yart, so that was an incredibly enjoyable time that I had with Limmy. Um, there were some audience questions, but... It went on too long and I think it might crash my computer if I add any more. I'm going to be back next week, of course, or possibly earlier, if, if you want. Yart. Mind yourselves.